Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show hosted by me, Christy Demetrakis, the Empowered Speaker. I'm the president and founder of the Empowered Speaker, which is a faith-based global ministry that teaches people the power of dreams and the importance of faith in conquering the fears that limit us. I'm also the author of Faith to Conquer Fear, Inspiration to Achieve Your Dreams. You can find out more about my services and my book at www.empoweredspeaker.com. For those of you who may be listening to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show for the first time, here's what you can expect. This show will provide guests who will motivate you, inspire you, and give you tools to activate your goals and dreams, whether those dreams are entrepreneurial, corporate, or personal. Today I have a special guest to help me do just that, Dr. Samantha Collins. And let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Sam. And she can tell me what I should call her in a, in a minute. I'm kind of stuck between Dr. Samantha, Dr. Collins, Dr. Sam. But for now, Dr. Sam sounds pretty cool. All right, so let me read her bio to you. Founded by Dr. Sam Collins, named one of the top 200 women to impact business and industry by Her Majesty the Queen and one of the top 10 coaches by The Independent. And with over 14 years of experience working with more than 20,000 women leaders globally, Aspire exists to get you blazing your trail faster, more efficiently, and more enjoyably. We give you the tools, network, and inspiration to become or become even more of a trailblazing leader and get yourself into a place where you can achieve your goals. We are totally driven to making an inspiring and empowering difference in the lives of women around the world, both through our award-winning coaching, leadership development, workshops, and virtual seminars for women leaders and entrepreneurs in business, social enterprise, and charities, and through our not-for-profit Aspire Foundation, which is integral to the way we make a difference. Aspire develops the female leaders and role models of the future, women like you who have been seeking support, stretch, and inspiration to trailblaze a new way of doing things through content and an approach that is expertly tailored to you, not to mention the incredible support and positive challenge that comes from being around other like-minded women. Giving something back is not a bolt-on bolt for us it is a fundamental part of our business model, as well as a percentage of all our profits going to the foundation. Our successful nonprofit mentoring program partners the expertise, experience of women leaders in the business and corporate world with aspiring women leaders in the charity, nonprofit, and social enterprise world, and allows them to share their ideas and suggestions of what has worked for them with regard to their life, management, and leadership experience, and so support the mentee to apply to their specific role, career, and organization. The Aspire Foundation Mentoring Scheme provides an incredibly easy, no-cost, low-time, one-hour call per month for six months, way for women at all levels of business experience to make a real and very practical difference in the nonprofit world without quitting their day job. I think that's very cool. We have offices in the U.S. and U.K. and are delighted to work with women from all corners of the globe. Wow. That's great. That's phenomenal. Dr. Sam, welcome to the call. Thank you so much, Christy. It's um, if you didn't have a career in public relations and promotions already, I, I fully endorse your skills because that was a wonderful <laughs> introduction of Aspire and the Spy Foundation. I'm really grateful. Thank you. You're very welcome. That is awesome. Well, you know, this this bio didn't say a whole lot about you specifically. It definitely talks more about the Aspire organization and your nonprofit organization. So I want to start. Um, well, two things. Number one, I want you to tell people a little bit more about your background specifically, and then we'll follow that up with, tell us something that wasn't in the bio. 
Which that was something. <laughs> well, I, you know, I was thinking uh, about that, and if you saw me now, I, I don't know whether I, I would fit the part of, of this businesswoman who's changing the world because I'm still in my pajamas. <laughs> because one of the things about me that is not in the bio is that you know I'm an avid uh, pajama wearer, but I work from home. I love working from home, and I'm a mom, and that is so important to me. I have two little boys who are crazy tiring and I love them dearly but you know I I sort of joke to myself that I have this whole passion and purpose in the world to empower women and then I would be surrounded completely by boys at home so I have two (laughs) young sons that are (laughs) wonderful and 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 challenging and, and I want to grow into conscious men and also I'm in the process right now of adopting a little girl called Grace from the Democratic Republic of Congo in Central Africa. So our family is is crazy already and about to expand even more soon. Oh, wow. Okay, so tell me a little bit about this adoption since you you mentioned it. Grace, were you trying to balance out the estrogen level in the house? Was that your... (laughs) Yeah, that was the plan. That was the the logical plan. The the not-so-logical plan was I, I actually had a, a vision, Christy, and I was I was um meditating one day and, and I was I was thinking about aspire, you know, where to take things into the future and all that good stuff that we can do when we take some quiet time and mm-hmm. and my mind started wandering and I and I actually saw myself in my office that I'm standing in right now and I was sitting in my chair and this woman came to the door of my office and she said Hi, Mom. And I thought, well, first of all, you're about six foot tall. You're a woman, and you're black. So how could? What's going on? <laughs> what's going on here? I remember having this debate in my in my dream, and I heard this really clear voice say to me, "That's your daughter." And I have to say, it's sort of freaked me out a little bit because I came out oh goodness how my mind can can run sometimes mm-hmm. and then I remember having a conversation with my husband Robert a few days later and I said we're gonna we have to adopt and he said what are you talking about I said I had a vision and and we that was nearly three years ago so that's mm-hmm. how our journey to grace really began and she I, I think you're going to like this too. I mean, she's her name is Grace, but for us, the whole journey t- through adopting her and it's been really tough at times, and she's not here yet, has involved so much grace. You know, we've had to really embrace our faith, overcome our fears, be resilient in doing something that has absolutely tested us to the limits. Mm. What made you go to a foreign country to adopt? Well, I'm a foreigner. I'm a foreigner anyway. (laughs) So I have an immigrant background. Um, I'm I'm a massive believer in diversity. I find myself here living in America, fulfilling the American dream in many ways. I come from very humble beginnings in the U.K., Mm-hmm. So um, to live here is wonderful. And, you know, I suppose one of the things that is one of my fears 
is that as I grow up now, my kids grow up as we grow older in more of a privileged environment. Not that where we live isn't without its problems, of course, but it is more privileged than how I grew up. I want my my sons particularly to understand the power of diversity and understand, you know, I could say to him, blue in the face, Christy, eat your dinner. There's starving kids in Africa. I mean, I remember my parents used to say that to me. And I used to think, yeah, 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 those starving kids in Africa, whatever, go and give them the food. But how powerful to actually have a sister who is has come from somewhere that's so, so different to us. And we, you know, we, we're really preparing our boys now. And my son asked me the other day, has she ever seen a dishwasher? And I said, no, she never would have seen a dishwasher for sure. Mm. I said, oh, wow, I'm going to show her how to use a dishwasher. I said, well, I don't know if it's going to be top of her list. But you know that they have not seen these things. So for me, it's about diversity. It's about perspective. It's about going somewhere. You know, with adoption, there are so many kids locally, globally that, that need loving families and homes it's very hard to choose we went where we had a passion i said where is it really bad where is it really really bad and uh central africa and particularly congo which has been named the worst place in the world to be a woman was where we ended up wow Tell me about the, you don't have to tell me, I mean, not the, the logistics of the process itself, but what were some, what have, what has been some of the scariest parts, I would say, or what are some of the fears you had to address as you guys have been going through this process? Well, I, I remember when we first, I say we, I mean, I had to sort of convince my husband by stealth, you know, slowly but surely every day. That's how we do it. That's how we <laughs> you know, do it. You know how it's done. So <laughs> that, that took a while. And, and I did have a fear, like, is he doing this just for me? Is it something that he really wants? Is this, you, you know, because we're a unit, so you have to make sure that everybody's happy. So that took a while. In fact, Robert was the first one to go and visit Grace, which super impressed me. And I was like, why mm-hmm. are you going first? And he said two things. One... I need to make sure it's safe for you to go. And secondly, I need to look her in the eye and check that she's really ours. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? Like, what if you look her in the eye and you don't feel it? But, <laughs> but he did. You know, he, oh, they're a love fest straight away, those two. I mean, they're very similar. He, I'm much more of like in your face and get things done type of person. Yeah, yeah. And he's much calmer and relaxed. And, you know, we joke, I'm the gas, he's the brakes. So him and Grace just got on like a house on fire. So that was one of my initial fears. I I think how old is Grace? She's six. She's she was four when we first met her. Now she's six. Okay. And um, my boys are six and five, so they'll all be very close in age together. I I mean, you know, I I I always had these fears and fears of failing at something, fears of not being good enough, fears of what people will think. I mean, but my my fear level has massively, like my capacity to uh, handle fear has increased. Mm-hmm. You asked me about the scariest moments. Like two, two of my scariest moments, number one, I went over to see her. She was in an extremely scary orphanage and she was actually being physically abused every day. And I didn't know about that until she told me. 
and then I was in a situation where I had to get her out of there and I had to act fast and you, you know you you totally become the parent instantly mm-hmm. and so that was just really difficult for me although I did a lot of work after I had got her out of that orphanage into a foster home on forgiveness forgiveness of this woman who had been beating her every day mainly because this woman had grown up in the orphanage herself and was jealous of Grace mm-hmm. leaving and having a better life so better that was tough that was a tough one for me but the worst one you want to know the worst one mm-hmm, I do the, the worst one was I was out in the Congo this January it was Grace's birthday so I was determined to be out there for her birthday and I got caught in a riot like full on rocks thrown at the car I mean I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time Mm -hmm. fires on the streets machine guns fired at me like the whole I'm in a bad dream (laughs) yeah that that was really bad Um, and I know things like that happen all over the world and you see these things on TV or you watch a CNN report but you think oh my god but it's still you're still sort of still sitting in your nice living room most of the time so to be really in it it was interesting because I was terrified, like, oh, my God, that's machine gun fire. You have to be kidding me. And then what was really fascinating for me, although I don't know if I'd call it fascinating at the time, was I got super calm, Christy, like mm-hmm. really calm, so calm that I wrote a goodbye no on my phone from my family uh-huh. like sorry I've got no regrets um sorry Robert that you're gonna have to deal with the kids <laughs> sorry Grace <laughs> it didn't work out I mean very you know very right, logical right, you know, right. please make sure you take the trash out type of note yeah yeah and then I was like oh I'm definitely gonna die then because probably this is what happens right you get super calm before you die like it was sort of an out-of-body experience like oh yeah I must be dying because I'm so super calm I can't tell you whether that's true or not. But <laughs> <laughs> so what I made up at the time, like, oh, of course, this is probably what happens. Is you're, like, soaring up to heaven, looking down at your body, like, oh, I'm sorry. It was a good life. You did pretty good. Well done. Let's look for the next one. But I, I mean, I managed to get out of it. I managed yeah. to get home. Wow. It was wow. tough, you know. Well, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. I think it's too probably related, but you've written a book called Radio Heaven, which I love the title, Radio Thank Heaven. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about that. Why do you love the title? Tell me why you love the title. Well, I just, I don't know why I love it, actually. Um, it's catchy, and then when I saw your picture, I don't even think I'm, I can't even think right the second what the cover of the book looks like, but when I saw your picture and then I kind of, transpose the two together with the title and for those of you who are looking on the website and actually see um, Dr. Sam's picture you'll you'll probably get it but it's just that very ethereal look mm. um, I love that picture yeah. I was thinking about my yeah. kids when I did it when that Is picture that right? was taken mm. yeah, yeah but, so I, I you know I can't tell you why I love it but I, I do I love the title I love that you love it because so many people including my publisher initially was like you can't call it that like, what does that mean? Yeah, well, that's I, true. That's why I asked you what it means. <laughs> well, Radio Heaven is a term that my mom used to use. When we were driving in the car, 
and a song would come on the radio that had meaning for her. You know, we'd be singing along in the car, either a happy song or a sad song, and some song that had meaning. And then the song would she would come off, she'd click the radio off, and she'd always say, Radio Heaven, Sam. And I'd say, well, what does that mean? And she said, well, you know, Sam, sometimes when people pass and they're in heaven and they want to get a message to you, they'll use the radio and they'll give you that message via a song. And I just thought, what a crazy idea. <laughs> but then throughout my life, I really realized it. You know, you have that experience where songs come on, you're like, oh, that's the perfect song for me. I needed to hear that today. Mm-hmm. And so it's about tuning into messages that come from a greater purpose, from heaven, from whatever we believe in, and trusting our intuition and listening to the signs. That's what Radio Heaven is all about. Wow. So it's a book that's really about intuition and how to get in touch with that intuition. Yeah, I know that there's a a greater force out there that's helping us. I mean, I think that's Mm -hmm. just a wonderfully comforting an empowering idea. You know, when we think we're all alone, like I need to, to do this alone and I'm, I, I don't have that support or maybe there's not that physical support around us, so that when we really tune in, that even in the hardest times, the most difficult times in our life, there is a, there is a support out there and there are signs if we choose to put our head up and look around and listen, listen intuitively whether it be a song on the radio or a person or an email or a book we're given. or Oh, I keep hearing about that conference. Oh, there's yeah. three people that have told me about that. Mm, I'll either ignore that because it's too expensive and I don't have the time to go, or I'm going to listen and I'm going to that conference no matter what. Mm-hmm. Now, that's I, I believe, the kind of I stuff. What you said. I love that because I do believe that God gives you confirmation. And we, I think sometimes in our in our own heads, you know, we have our own way that we want God to communicate with us. Hey, Lord, now. Because I, I, I'm guilty of it myself. I'm like, okay, now, Lord, if you really mean for me to do this, I need for you to do this and this and this, and then I'll know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I was on a plane recently, um, and I was, you know, as it would happen, the guy next to me poured water all over my laptop. Because I was so busy typing and, you know, absorbed in that and unabsorbed what was going on around me. So I was, like, annoyed, turned around, started talking to this man next to me. Turns out that he's a missionary, you know, he's Christian. I'm like, okay, all right. So I I tell him about my book because I've just been on a book tour. I'm telling him about the book. He said, oh, you know, tell me more, tell me more. And then I say, well, you know, God's obviously got a test for you and he's – helping you out and I said well could God just hurry up you know it's been nearly three years we've been trying to adopt Grace could you ask God just to hurry up and he looked at me and he said you know Sam you you do you know what the meaning of grace actually is and I said well it means calm and peace and serenity he said actually in the Bible it means unmerited favor God Mm -hmm. is giving you an unmerited favor God is giving you a period of grace and time to be able to get used to that for her coming and he said, there's more for you here. That's why it's taking time. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how helpful that was. Yeah, that was freeing, wasn't it? Huge. That's so true. And if you, th- you think about things in life in general that we have to wait on. You and I both, we have children. Mine are, mine are older than yours. But think about it. If all of a sudden one day we're pregnant 
and then the next day there's this baby? Seriously? Like, that would be bad. <laughs> it, it, it would be extremely efficient, I have to say. I wasn't I wasn't the I wasn't the best pregnant person. I didn't love it. I mean and, and having a, a three year pregnancy is, is uh not the most fun, but I, I do. I understand what you're saying because it gives you time to prepare, get used to the idea physically, emotionally, spiritually mm-hmm. for such a huge event. I'm just not the most patient person. I yeah, really wish I was. Either. Yeah, I have not got. Well, be, be careful what you say. I really actually don't ask for patience because then I know that that means God is going to put me in situations that test my patience in order to build that character trait within me. So I actually don't ask for that. <laughs> That's a good point. Thank you. Yeah, I need yeah. to start. Oh, stop doing that. Be careful, as they say, what you ask for. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, so the book is out, right? It's been out for how long? book has been out. Radio Heaven's been out three weeks now. Um, Oh, wow. We reached the bestseller list in four countries. Awesome. I'm loving it because it's a very personal account of a lot of, my failures, really, along with mm-hmm. some, you know, guidance and ideas for success, to have so many people who are reading it and paying it forward. You know, a lot. I'm getting a lot of emails like I've 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 read this and I'm I'm going to pass it to my daughter or my husband or my friend. Mm-hmm. You know, because they would, they could really do with this, and I I just love that. I mean, it's the best mm-hmm. thing ever. Yeah, it's like rereading sure. and rereading these emails over again. It's a wonderful thing to feel like you're making a a difference in people's lives. I have a lot of people who listen to the show who are aspiring authors, um, are thinking about the process of writing a book, and, oh, I keep journals, I do all these things. But So tell us about your writing process. Did you? How long did it take you to write the book? What prompted you to write the book? And then did you publish through a major publishing house, or did you self-publish? That's a great question because I never saw myself as a writer, and people would say mm-hmm. to me all the time, "You should write. You should write a book." You know, when anyone ever says you should, <laughs> then it starts with "you should," and I was like, oh, "Okay." Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I did not ever think that I would write a book. So it's very interesting to me that I did. I did it in it actually. I am a bit of the queen of efficiency. A friend of mine has written several books, and I I can't sit and write. I'm not great at that. So she said, come to our studio, and we will record you speaking. We'll ask you questions. We'll get you to tell your story. And then she said, we'll transcribe it, and then that will give you something to start from. I thought this was the most brilliant idea I'd ever heard because it gave me something to start with, and I had the support of someone else who was asking me good questions. So that's how I did it. It took about six months after that to write, you know, just doing it now and again when I had yeah. time and I felt compelled to do it. I would, t- I really enjoyed it when I was in the, I had to be in the mode. Mm-hmm. And um, it went around 52 publishers and they all said the same thing. We don't get it. We don't get her. It's a bit weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, that, it was hey, thing, you it? wait till <laughs> I'm a bestseller and I won't come to you. <laughs> And then a great small publisher, smaller publisher uh, called Motivational Press um, took me on, and uh, hopefully they're pleased that they that they're pleased that they did. And so um, we did get published in that more traditional way in the end. Um, but uh, you know, like with anything, it's been about 
word of mouth and social media and all that good stuff to let people know about Radio Heaven and what we're trying to do. So right. I'm pleased, you know, I didn't have a big PR company, I didn't have this big marketing budget to launch a book, but look how well it's done. I mean, I think that's exactly. when you try and do a good thing, you want to make a difference, you're being authentic, which is what I try and live by, people want to read it. Did you ever consider self-publishing when you started to get all the no's coming in? One part of me was, was quite relieved. Oh, I was quite because I mean I tell the story about my mother's suicide in the in the in the book about the journey to grace, about the growth of a spy. I mean, there's a lot of very personal things in there. I have to say, when it when they were turning me down, there was part of me that was like, "Phew, not going to have to deal with that then." <laughs> have to talk about that. <laughs> and I do a very good job of, oh, well, it was meant to be. Like, if they keep turning me down, then clearly it's not meant to go out there. So I just was going to leave it. I was like, I don't mind if it circles around publishers for five years here. I'm, I'm not in any rush. I'm not attached. And, and then someone said, well, maybe you could self-publish. And I thought, well, maybe that just doesn't too much work. I've got a lot going on right now. So I wasn't mm-hmm. – maybe I would have done eventually – um, but it wasn't initially on my agenda. And I think just at the point that I was like, oh, okay, nobody wants it, was when I got the, the call about motivational press. So, And how long was that process when you started sending it to major publishers, well, publishers in general, and you got, is that a year-long process? Is that a two-year process? It was about a year, mm-hmm. about nine months. Um like another pregnancy, right? Another one. Yes, there we All go. the pregnancies. Yeah. So it was about it was about nine months, and I I don't know whether that is usual or or unusual. I think that there is you know it's a very individual uh, individual way. You know you think you know somebody's going to love this instantly, and I'll get this big deal, and and it'll be I'll be like the next J.K. Rowling, and and, mm-hmm. and I'll tell that story. You know, it's not normally my MO. I don't normally get, like, the big surprise amazing happen to me. It's, more, it's normally, like, more of a slow burn over time. <laughs> pregnancy. <laughs> like the pregnancy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you know what? Well, we are You are a joy to talk to, and we are coming up on the end of our uh, show for tonight. But I wanted to give you an opportunity to, to tell people anything that we didn't get a chance to talk about because we could have talked about a number of things. Um, anything we need to get to talk about, how can they get your book, how can they contact you, whatever you want to share in these last few minutes? Well, I think it's always, you know, always trying to think about who's listening. And I think sometimes you can listen in to somebody and you can think, oh, well, good for her. You know, she's doing all these amazing things. But what about me? You know, I'm trying to achieve my own goals here and they're different and they're confusing sometimes. So if anyone is thinking that, I just really strongly encourage you to to take a moment and, and, and tune into your intuition and, and keep keep going. You know, I was thinking about my next book being called The In-Between Times because mm-hmm. you have all these successes, but there's days and days and you think, what, the, what on earth am I doing? Anyone stay under the covers? And just to know that that's a normal and natural thing, but we do, we get up out of the covers and we do something with it. So... Uh, you know that would that would really be my message, and 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 I think the book can help with that. You know, I don't want this to be a big like buy my book, but I mean, I just feel like if you feel called that the work of of Christy and her book about overcoming fears, and my book Radio Heaven about tuning intuition, it sounds like a great combination to 
you know, keep you going and, and, and find a way to do that. And you can get it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and all of that. Good stuff, ways of, of getting books these days. And if, if anybody can't afford it, anyone's like, well, I just can't do it right now, then drop me an email because I'm, I'm sending out my book for anyone that really can't um, make it right now. And that's fine. We can all be in situations like that. So my email is scollins at aspirewomen.com scollins at aspirewomen.com and if you're like you want a copy but you just can't make it then drop me an email and we'll, I'll send you uh, email you over a copy because I just want to get it I want to get that book out there more even more than it is currently wow that's awesome and your website again uh, aspirewomen.com aspirewomen.com well Dr. Sam you have been fantastic and I encourage you all to Pick up a copy of the book, and and I, I'll, before and Dr. Sam made a great offer for you if you can't afford the book or don't think you can afford the book to give her a call. But I would encourage you. Biblical principle is to sow, and I would tell you to sow something into Dr. Sam versus just taking it for free because we don't tend to value the things we get for free. And she said it right. A lot of time we all hit circumstances where we can't always um, buy the things we want, but I would encourage you to sow something. Um, just on the biblical principle of sowing and reaping. But I want to thank you again, Dr. Sam, for being a fantastic guest. I'm glad we could connect. And I want to thank you all for listening to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show with me, Christy Demetrakis. I invite you to follow me and the show on Blog Talk Radio to get news and reminders for upcoming shows. I'd also like you to connect with me on Twitter. My handle is at cdemetrakis, and my Facebook pages are Faith to Conquer Fear and the Empowered Speaker. This will allow you to keep up with all the news and events to inspire you to keep it moving. I'm doing what I love. Talk to you soon.